This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop about research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared from our students, faculty, and other members of our USC community. Again, a bonus thing. This is a bonus episode, right, Emily? Yeah, bonus episode. <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> Voices, the podcast. Uh, we probably should have talked before we started recording. Uh, as usual, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma. I am the Executive Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And hi, everyone. My name is Emily Pallas, and I'm a senior studying biomedical engineering. And this is a bonus episode, and this episode is something that I'm bringing to you all as a recording of a recent live event that <clears throat> my staff and I held uh, just at the end of last week, and it is the Transfer Application or Transfer Admission AMA, or Ask Me Anything. And this was a live event that we held, and we brought in a bunch of people, students that are thinking about applying as a transfer student. Uh, to USC as an engineering student and uh, no presentation, nothing else, just this, my staff and I, and we were just answering questions. We took questions live via zoom. People were voting on what questions they wanted to have answered. They were upvoting the questions. And we basically answered all of the most relevant questions related to anyone who might be thinking about applying as a transfer student to USC. So a quick clarification, Um, we get two types of applications to USC. We get first-year applications, which are students coming out of high school, meaning they haven't graduated high school, and then they're going to start in their first year at USC, their first year of college. And then we also get transfer applicants. And transfer applicants are students that are attending another college or university and applying to transfer into USC. Um, and there's some, some specific things to discuss there because sometimes students think like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm in high school, but I'm taking community college courses. Maybe I'm in a running start program, or maybe I'm just taking some classes. Does that mean I'm a transfer student? No. If you have not graduated high school, you're still a first-year student. Once you've graduated high school and you've taken any type of college class after graduation from high school, then you're considered a transfer student because we also get the opposite of that. We get students that say like, well, I only took like one class. Can I apply as a first-year student? No. Once you've graduated and you've taken some sort of level of college coursework at a community college or a university, then you're going to be a transfer application. So we we have this... this um, AMA event almost every single year because we get so many questions. And, and the, the interesting thing about transfer applicants, if you're listening as a transfer applicant, um, no, no two transfer applications or transfer, transfer applicants are alike. They all go to so many different schools and universities. They take a lot of different types of classes. And we have a lot of different life stories and life plans in that the similarity of a high school student is you're all basically the same age. You've been going to school for the same time period. You've been taking the same amount of classes. You have this opportunity to do extracurriculars. And none of that is true for a transfer applicant. We have students that maybe did that, then did one year at a college or university. Or we have students that maybe went through that process, didn't do well in school, maybe went to work for a couple of years, had a family, then went back to school, and then are applying as a transfer application. We have students that have gone to the military, they're veterans, and they've come back to school. We have all different types. Uh, and so 
you know, uh, I, I don't like using the term non-traditional, but there's no such thing as traditional in a transfer applicant. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to understand that everybody has really individual, unique concerns. But our main thing is that we are working to understand every one of those. Everybody has value. Everybody has their own unique pathway to find their way into the school. And we have very specific preparatory standards. As long as students are doing that, that are outlined on our website, then they'll be fine. But that that's the main thing that I want to kind of get off the the top of the, 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 the intro here before we get into the AMA. Uh, what are you curious about, Emily, before we get into this? Um, I guess it's just, it's interesting hearing about the transfer student process. I know there are a lot of transfer students at USC. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, especially like every year you meet more and more transfer students every year. So they, yeah. they're a pretty sizable chunk of the university. You're definitely not alone if you end up transferring over here. So yeah, just like looking for those types of tones and stuff. Transfer, yeah, transfer students, I think more often than not are either silently um, or very quietly scared that they will feel like the outsiders at the university. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is that every year we bring in around 400 incoming first year students, but every year we also bring in somewhere between 140 and 150 transfer students. So we're bringing in over 25, nearly 30% of our incoming class every year are transfer students. And I think that uh, more often than not, this comes up actually in the, in the event recording that uh, students feel like they're going to be outsiders until they get through the first week and they realize, oh, no one knows I'm a transfer student. No one has any stigma against transfer students. I'm just a student at USC. Once you're a student at USC, everyone works together and does the same stuff. And then over time, like you were mentioning, Emily, like, oh, I've just found out I actually know transfer students. I didn't know that I did. Uh, and that, mm-hmm. that ends up happening a lot. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I don't know, like it's such a big school. No one's going to like single you out and be like, I didn't see you last year. Like you're not a second year student. Um, And I feel like there are good communities for transfer students as well um, to get to know each other. There's like transfer student clubs that a lot of like my roommate freshman year or sophomore year was a transfer student. And she did that Mm -hmm. to get more involved and then like Mm -hmm. found her place here. Yeah. I think USC is also this interesting place where it's big enough that you always meet people that you've never met before but small enough that you're always seeing people that you know. And it's this really weird kind of dynamic yeah. in that you, you, you always know somebody and you always don't know somebody everywhere you go. I always know someone by like one degree of like mm. disconnect, you know, it's like every person I meet, we can definitely find someone else we're mutually friends with. And it's crazy. Very cool. Well, in this particular episode, uh, I, we're not going to do an outro. So this is the last you're hearing of us. We're just going to go straight into the recording and then you can get it on the back end. But uh, if you're a transfer application, or if you're a transfer applicant, you still have time to complete your application, get it in by February 15th. February 15th, 2022 is the application deadline to be considered for fall 2022. We do not take applications for any other term. We only take applications for the fall semester. So if you're planning on applying, get your application in now. And, uh, you know, mindset being that it's going to take a while for us to get back to you. We will have admission decisions out for all transfer applicants by the end of May, or if we need more information from you, we will ask for spring grades by the end of May. So with that, let's get out of the way, hand it over again to myself, hand it over to me again, I guess, because <laughs> I'm going to introduce it in a minute. And from my staff, yeah, me from the past, this is weird. Hand it over to myself to talk with my staff uh, about our transfer application questions at Q&A session. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the USC Viterbi School of Engineering Transfer Admission Ask Me Anything AMA session. Uh, we are excited to be here. Uh, I'll, first, I'll introduce myself, and then I'll let 
the rest of our staff introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Paul Ledesma. I'm the Executive Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Becky? Hi, my name is Becky. I'm the Associate Director of Undergraduate Admission at Viterbi. Welcome. Hi, I'm Angie. I'm the Senior Assistant Director. Happy Friday, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael. I'm the Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admission at Viterbi, and thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Great. We'll also have another one of our staff members, Stacey Badger, join in just a moment. She was having a, a little bit of a technical difficulty, but she'll jump in in a little bit. So don't be surprised when you see an extra face <laughs> pop up onto the screen. But we're all here and excited to help you get your last minute questions answered about the transfer application process and everything you might be thinking about. We're going to do our best to answer your questions today. For tonight's session, we're going to go for about an hour. And uh, we have no presentation. We have nothing specifically to discuss other than we want to get to your questions. And so let's get directly to your questions. The way you're going to do that is at the bottom of your screen, you're going to see that Q&A button. Go ahead and uh, type your questions using the Q&A function. And uh, the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to allow some of these questions to start piling in to the session because you all can then upvote. And so we're going to be making this a uh, democratic process, whatever the most popular upvoted questions are, we will just go down in that order until we run out of time. Um, and so please make sure that you're paying attention to the voting process as best as possible. looks like we got one question that's popped up so far, but whatever other questions you get in there, please, please do so. Um, and we will do our best to provide as uh, best of a contextual answer as we possibly can and provide some additional support and resources as well. Uh, for your reference, Something that I have a feeling we're going to reference a lot today, and uh, maybe um, Michael or Angie can, or can put this into the chat. You should be looking at our transfer admission webpage, uh, viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash transfer. A lot of times we get questions on what classes should I should be taking or how do I find out course equivalencies, and everything is on that page. So that's viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash transfer. Additionally, the other thing you should understand is that the transfer application deadline is February 15th. February 15th is when you need to get your transfer application in by uh, often some other questions that we end up getting, and maybe we can cut them off at the pass or do I need to have transcripts in by that point? No, you do not. You just need to get your common application and the USC supplement into, uh, into the system no later than the end of the day on February 15th. So technically that's 1159, 59 PM on February 15th. You go to commonapp.org, you need to select University of Southern California. And then also when you're in there, you need to select one of the Viterbi School of Engineering programs as your first choice major on the application. And all of the Viterbi School of Engineering majors are prepended by the letters V-S-E. And so that's how you apply to the Viterbi School of Engineering. And that's how you do so with your transfer application. Angie, anything else we should probably discuss in general about applying as a transfer student I may have missed? No, I think you got it all covered. Okay, great. So once again, Q&A down at the bottom, uh, make sure that you're adding questions, make sure that you're looking at other questions you want to see answered and bump them up. And we're going to be going democratically from the top down to the bottom. And we'll answer questions until we run out of time at five o'clock. So our first question is from William Rubin. And thank you, William, for your question. What is the acceptance rate to the Viterbi School of Engineering as a transfer student? It's a great question, William. Typically from year to year, although this is never an exact number, it's around 20%. You can expect your chance of admission being 20%. That said, it's all based on every applicant pool, which changes every year. Um, roughly, Becky, about how many tra transfer apps do you think we get per year? We get between 13 and 1,400. 1,300? 1,300, yeah. Yeah. Um, so roughly around 20% of that, but it all depends on admissibility, right? So all the stuff that we list 
on the Viterbi School of Engineering uh, transfer website that we listed in the chat, you need to have those things, right? So if you have those things, you, then you will be a competitive applicant for admission. So thanks, William. Hopefully that, hopefully that answers your question. Um, Omar asked the next question, which is, should we include hours per week for our ECs? And I'm assuming that's extracurriculars in the activity section. Angie, you want to take that? Um, yes, the, you should include as much details as possible with anything regarding activities, um, you know, really regarding any part of your application. The more that we know, the better. So it's not just blank, like I do this. Is it, we can't assume how much you're involved in unless you tell us. So be as detailed as possible in all of these sections of the Common App. Absolutely. I think that one of the most, this might come back in, in other questions. Um, a, a lot of what we're trying to do in, in your application uh, or in our application process is read what you wrote so we can better get to know you. And the worst thing that you can do is leave us with questions, uh, something that we don't understand, something that we don't fully um, grasp the context of um, those things. Those details are incredibly important because we're, it, you can recognize when you're working on that application, it's a lot of writing. Uh, and that means that we do a lot of reading and our whole goal is to try to get to know you. And when you, when you leave or you omit details or, it gets confusing to us. Um, that never really bodes well. So yes, Omar, make sure you do that. Make sure you tell us as much as you possibly can. Welcome, Stacy. Glad to have you join us. Do you want to say hello to everybody? Sure. Hi, everyone. Sorry for running a little bit late. I got stuck in traffic on the 405 um, and coming back from campus. Um, I'm Stacy Badger. I'm the Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admission for Viterbi. So happy to talk to you all about transferring today. Very cool. Uh, so Maya, yeah, you say you graduated with a master's degree. I don't, I don't know if that's a question, um, but I don't understand it. Does anyone have a sense of what this might be referring to? No, unless they're thinking of going back and getting, like if their bachelor's and master's were in something outside of engineering and they're thinking of going back, but maybe give us a little bit more detail in a question. Um, Paul, I also wanted to tell you, change your settings to most upvotes, not most recent on your Q&A. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's how mine was. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Wow. Thank you. Wow. I had it wrong. (laughs) That would have been a really weird. I'm like, Oh, I'm not getting a lot of votes. (laughs) Thanks. Um, All right. So I hope I pronounced this correctly. Kia, uh, how important are extracurriculars as compared to GPA? Becky, you want to take that? Uh, How do we approach Let's Let's reframe this a little bit. How do we approach our transfer review process and how do, how do sometimes people think certain things uh, and what we're looking for, all that jazz. Like there's a lot of questions built into this one. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the term GPA as academics. (laughs) Okay. How important are academics? Um, So between the two, if you think about you're applying to an academic program, right? You're applying to get a bachelor's degree, to take classes, to earn that degree. Um, And so your academics are going to be the most important thing on your transcript We're re- or in your application. We're reviewing um, your transcript, the courses you've taken. So see, I'm not saying just your overall GPA. I'm saying the courses you've taken, your grades in those courses, your math and science and engineering related courses. Um, and we're seeing how you have done in the past in those subjects. And that will help us determine how you're going to do in those subjects at USC, and then therefore how you're going to do in in the degree programs that you're applying to. So your academics are definitely going to be the most important part of your application. But as you all know, it's not the only part of your application. Um, And so kind of what Paul was alluding to, how do we 
kind of approach reviewing applications, first and foremost, we look at, at your transcript and we're looking at the courses that you've taken. So have you taken calculus? Have you taken sciences? Have you taken computer science courses maybe? Have you taken the writing class? Have you taken those very specific courses that we've laid out in um, on our website? Um, and how did you do in those? We also look at grade trends. Did you start college a little rocky, but your grades have improved? That's great, we like to see that. Did you start college really doing really well, but your grades have declined every semester? That's less favorable um, and won't, you, know, you won't be as competitive for admission. So we do look at all of that. Those bare minimum sort of requirements that we're looking for, recommended courses we're looking for, about 65% of the students who apply actually meet those minimums. They've taken calculus two, they've taken two semesters of either a lab-based science or computer science courses, they've taken the writing equivalent. Um, but as Paul said earlier, we admit about 20% of the students who apply. So to get from 65% of the applicants to the 20% that are ultimately um, offered admission, that's where all those extracurriculars come in. That's where your essays and your letters uh, or your essays and your short answer questions come in. That's um, us getting to know you, your interests, why you want to do engineering, what your background is, what you've been involved in. And that's where we, we start to really look at the extracurricular activities. Um, there's nothing specific we're looking for because transfer students have very different backgrounds. You're not all in your 12th year of school applying to college and kind of in the same same um, sort of place in life. Um, there are students who have only done one year at a university or community college. There are students who are going back after having a master's degree. There are single parents whose only extracurricular is taking care of their kids. And that's fine. You know, we're not looking for something very specific. We just want to know what you're involved in. What do you do when you're not in class? Whether that's work, whether that's, you know, student organizations, whether that's taking care of your family. Um, we, we're just hoping to kind of get to know you and what you do in your not free time, but what you're doing outside of school. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest misleading terms, specifically for transfer apps, is, is even just using the term extracurriculars, um, because that implies this high school vibe. And, and so I, I would I would really kind of really focus you all on as applicants, remove the idea of I need extracurriculars. But what Becky just kind of defined for you all, which is everything else you do. And, 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 and you all have, I think what you, what you really need to understand and, and what Becky did a great job of explaining is that we understand that all of you, especially as transfer applicants, none of you are the same. Uh, you all have your own individual life experiences. You all have your own unique path on how you've gotten here. Um, she mentioned a few different examples. There are infinite number more and uh, don't assume that you're supposed to fit into some sort of box as to what we quote unquote are looking for. Uh, we're not looking for anything. We want academic preparation. We want students that we know are going to do well in our programs, as Becky mentioned in the academics. Um, but outside of that, every transfer student is, is incredibly unique. And it, it's our pleasure to be able to get to know you through those applications and to build a really comprehensive, diverse, and robust incoming transfer class that will in increase the diversity, robustness of our, of our current students at USC. And, and our, our transfer, incoming transfer student population is always fantastic and really, really cool as a result of that. Okay, uh, Benjamin asked this question, what was the most competitive transfer Viterbi major last year? Benjamin, we do not have impacted programs, so it does not, it, there's no 
increased chances of admission or harder to get in for one major or another application pools vary by time. We, we don't admit specifically by major or have individual limits on that. So uh, 20% is a number you got to think of. Uh, you don't have a better or worse chance because you're in one major or another. Uh, Giridar or Giridar, uh, does Viterbi have a preference towards sophomore or junior transfers or is it irrelevant? We don't have a preference. We we have a preference that you complete the prerequisite courses, the, the minimum eligibility standards, as Becky just described. But again, everybody's coming at a different from a different place, uh, and so you. I would also, in, get, in addition to having you all kind of get the word extracurricular out of your mind, get the words freshman, sophomore, junior, senior out of your minds, um, because of the unique path prior to and as you go through our courses, you're going to have your own individual path that our counselors will be working with you on. And so the minute you get away that kind of societal pressure of a four-year college experience, because everyone's coming from so many different directions, um, we're going to help you get through this program with the best efficiency possible. And so think of it much more as, as like, you know, don't, don't think of a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. It's just, it's just not helpful to the process. It confuses things. And cause we don't think of it that way. Does anybody else want to jump in on that? Yeah, just to add on to that, there are students who have prior bachelor's degrees. There are students who went to grad school. There are students who were parents or joined the military, started companies. Everyone's coming from lots of different paths, and that's totally fine. We want to hear about those things. Um, don't worry too much if you have a non-traditional path. Yeah, everybody's non- non-traditional. I think it's yeah. the most yeah. traditional thing you could be in as a transfer student is non-traditional. Um, so don't worry about it. Um what role, um, Angie, I'm going to point this one to you. What role does the high school transcript play for sophomore standing applications? And again, I'm going to remove the word sophomore from this question because we said it does not matter. What role does the high school transcript play? So for anyone listening, we do require high school transcript from all applicants, unless you're a second bachelor's candidate and you've already had a master's or a bachelor's, we require your high school transcript from you. And This gets a lot of people because they think we're going to use their high school grades. We don't care. You could have been the best or the worst student in high school. We're not using your grades. The sole purpose is to determine that you graduated from a high school. And for some of you who may have not graduated from a traditional high school, maybe you uh, took a GED, you left school for whatever reason, we're going to look for that equivalent. So um, submit your high school transcript or the equivalent um, of a high school diploma and for international students, sometimes it's hard to get that high school transcript. So as long as you submit a high school diploma that shows you graduated from high school or the equivalent, that's what we're looking for. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, uh, as a reminder to our audience, I think we did this in the beginning, but I'd like you to take another look at that Q&A function down there and upvote things. So scroll down and find questions you really want to pull up to the top if you see any towards the bottom, because we've got a lot of questions that have been submitted, but not as many votes as we did in the beginning. So just as a reminder, keep looking at that so we can make sure that we're hitting the ones that you want to see. Uh, sometimes people join and ask the same question. We definitely don't want those upvoted because then we're going to say, I think we already answered this one. So make sure that you're using your best judgment if you've been here for this for a little while. Um, okay. Thank you for that. Okay. So Jiyun is asking, if I'm applying as a computer science major, is it better to get a recommendation letter from the professor who teaches computer science? Um, let's first start by addressing letters of recommendation in a transfer application. Let's start there. Anyone? I can go. Um, They're not required. You don't have to submit any. Yeah, (laughs) that's the first thing. (laughs) Um, The second thing is if you 
really want to submit a letter of recommendation, you are welcome to. Um, it doesn't need to be from anyone specific because we don't require them. So this is completely um, additional information that you're submitting outside of what's required of your application. Um, my recommendation is to choose a professor or a teacher or someone who knows you really well. If you're choosing a CS professor just because you're applying to computer science, but you just went into class, did your work, got an A and left, and that teacher doesn't know a lot about you, that letter of recommendation isn't going to have a whole lot of additional information for us to review. Um, if they do know you really well, if they were the um, you know faculty person on the robotics team that you were also a part of, and you spent lots of time with them while you're working on the team or something like that, and they, they know a lot about you, then that could be a good person to write your letter. But don't choose a faculty member who teaches a math or science or, or a CS course just because that's the major you're applying to. You want to make sure it's someone who can actually write a, a good letter of recommendation for you. But again, not required. So you don't even have to submit one. Thank you very much. Navjeet asks, uh, in your opinion, other than the collaborative atmosphere, what sets USC Viterbi apart from other engineering schools? Stacy, do you want to start this one off? Uh, sure. So I always feel like the what sets you apart, it kind of depends on which one of us you're talking to in the moment, because we all kind of find different things that sets Viterbi apart to other schools. I'm not an expert on other schools, but I know Viterbi very well. Um, so something that I think that sets Viterbi apart is the fact that it sort of has a smaller engineering school feel. So you'll get to know the faculty members or students get to know their, their uh, peers very well. And then they also have that full university experience. So they're able to take music classes if they want to. They're able to take classes in the School of Cinematic Arts, go to football games if they're interested in that, um, be part of other activities, be part of the marching band. So they have really that full university experience with the sort of closeness of the engineering school as well. So that's something that I always find unique that goes with that collaborative atmosphere as well. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long, but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit. Hope to see you soon. Other thoughts? Because yeah, you're right, Stacey. There's definitely not one thing. Everybody has different perspectives. I'm going to kind of steal something that Paul uses, return on investment. This is important for a lot of transfer students is the idea that all of you are very goal oriented and you're, you're, even though you're applying to transfer, your next thought is, what am I going to get for a job? Am I going to be successful? I graduate after I graduate. And so I think in general, not just transfer students at USC or not just engineering students. Um, what I'm saying is there's a lot of resources to help you be a successful student after you graduate. I think a lot of you are already thinking, what's my next step? And so if you want to get a master's, a lot of our students go to do master's. A lot of them are being employed full time after graduation. And so our students are finding great success. And so if you're looking at it from that perspective, there's a lot of opportunities for employment and networking and career, our Viterbi Career Connections office does a really good job of helping students with that. 
I, I would add onto both of these, although it's kind of a combination of the two, uh, it kind of comes down to me as, as an idea of size, scope, and resources. Um, you know, we, we bring in about 400 first-year students every single year. And we also bring in around 140 to 150 transfer students every single year. So in total, out of 550, you're looking at nearly a little over 25% of each incoming class are transfer students. And so from a transfer student perspective, to make it specific to this audience, you as our audience today, we have a strong history and a strong part of our community are transfer students. 25% of each incoming class every year are transfer students. And this might even be a question later on, but I'll just address it now is that I think there's, there tends to be this fear of like, will I be the new kid at school? <laughs> you know, that, like I'll be the one that stands out and I'll be the one that no one's friends with. And will it be hard for me to make friends as a transfer student? And I think that's something that I can never, you know, I can never ease your fears ahead of time, but I can tell you that our transfer students get there and within a week or two, they start to realize, oh, no one knows I'm a transfer student. Like it, everybody's just a student here. And once you're here, students find great success. So there's, there usually tends to be a lot of apprehension about that. In, in addition to that, when I talk about scope and resources, we have uh, different than other types of universities and schools because we get transfer students that come from community colleges, from four-year institutions. Uh, they come from all over the place. And what they end up finding is that the amount of attention and the amount of resources and help that are provided to our students are far greater and much more impactful than a lot of other universities because we focus on that. Because we have a smaller student body, we're able to focus our attention on our students and helping them be successful. I think that's a big deal. And a lot of things that, that happen at other universities, specifically public institutions, this idea of like fighting to get into a class and not having the resources available and not being able to meet with the advisor. Those are things that just don't, don't happen at USC. So size, resources, and when I talk in scope is the idea of what Angie's talking about, which is like what we're able to do with you and how we're able to kind of stretch those possibilities and for you to be able to be onboarded immediately to find that success. Uh, this is a big deal. And I think that we have a long history uh, of being successful with transfer students. You as transfer students are incredibly important to us. You're very, very close to our heart. And we want to make sure that we're paying the, the rightful attention to you as we kind of bring you into our student body, because I know that no matter what we do, you're always going to feel as though you're not the first uh, one there. And, and we get that, but that, I think that's incredibly important to us that we, we provide those resources. So I hope that helps. Um, Amir, uh, I haven't been able to be a part of a lot of extracurriculars in my first semester because of COVID. Can I use some of my extra from high school? I haven't also been able to secure a letter of recommendation to spend one semester. Will this be a disadvantage to me? Becky, this is a little bit on rehashing extracurriculars. So let's start there, but. Yeah. And letters. Of so, I mean, I'm guessing this was, this was typed before yeah. we answered the other ones. So letters of record are not required. So you don't have to submit one. So don't even worry about it. Um, and then the I'll part add, about we, we admit transfer students without letters of recommendation all the time. Like that's a big, big deal. We're not just saying it's not required. Like hint, hint, you better do it. It's like, we don't care. Yeah. Any, anything that we say is not required and then you don't submit it. That that's fine. That does not put you at a disadvantage because it's not required. Um, and then as far as not being able to be a part of a, a lot of extracurriculars, um, curriculars, uh, we understand COVID has put a halt to a lot of things. Maybe things you were involved in in high school got put on hold. Maybe if, if you're in your second or third year, at a college or university, um, things you were involved in, you couldn't do for a, a full year, maybe a year and a half based on your school's COVID policies. Um, so that is something that we completely understand. Um, we are going through a lot of the same stuff at, at USC. And so this is not new information or different 
something different. It's, it's what our students are also facing as part of their student organizations and extracurriculars. So just put what you have. Um, I, I kind of uh, always tell students, what is it? Spring 2020 and fall 2020 are kind of like your mulligan semesters. <laughs> like we, we understand what's happening. March 13th, everyone gets sent home. You weren't allowed to come back after spring break. We totally get it. Um, so just put what you have. Um, and again, the thing about the extracurriculars is it's not it's not something that we're specifically looking for. So just let us know what we what you do. So maybe you were part of a team that kind of got put on hold because you couldn't meet in person and it's something that's really hands-on. Well, what were you doing in your free time instead? You know, did you did you get a job? Were you tutoring virtually on the side? Were you getting involved in other um, in other activities, you know, right. virtually at home? So just just put down what you got. Yeah, and 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 ultimately, I think what a lot of these questions have to do with is maybe you're in. And I'm guessing Amir that you're in your first year of college. Maybe you're at a community college. Maybe you're at another university, and so you're remembering with PTSD a little bit the applying to college process. Applying as a transfer student is a not is not applying as a high school student. Okay, so do not think that you're filling out this application. You're like, oh my god, this is not matching at all what I've done in the past. Uh, no, we don't want and don't really care about the high school experiences so much. We want to know what's going on in college. Uh, similar to, we don't really care what's going on with your grades in high school. Your life in high school is not your life in college. We do want to know what's going on. And I understand it's a, it's a, it's a challenging year, um, but we're all dealing with it in some regard. So again, don't, I think what everyone's dealing with is this idea of matching up to what you thought a good college application was coming out of high school. And that's not the point of this. The point of this is for us to understand what's going on with you as a college student, uh, wherever you might be going to college. I hope that helps. Cassandra, will having a letter of rec, even though it's not required, help us in our admission? No, uh, not necessarily. Um, but again, this is one of those things where, you know, there are what Becky mentioned earlier, which is academics are really important. If you're not doing well and you got a great letter of recommendation, you're still not doing well. Uh, I think that, that doesn't, that doesn't balance it out. Um, and, and I think the other thing we should mention is that there isn't a formula to our admission process at all. I mean, this is something we've been kind of dancing around in our questions here. Um, it's not like we're looking for things and adding point values and weighing certain things in different ways. Uh, there are objective, uh, quantitative elements, which is how well you're doing in, in particular classes. And then there's subjective elements and subjective elements are involvements, activities, lifestyles, things that are happening in your life, challenge, unique challenges that you had, unique accomplishments that you've had. And letters of record are, are kind of blurry in between those ideas of, of subjective. Um, and so uh, it's not necessarily going to help you uh, per se. It can't hurt you, but you know, that's it. I don't know. Becky, were you going to say something about this? Uh, Ji Yoon, does taking program, programming classes instead of lab-based sciences courses affect my admission? Angie, you want to uh, cut through the, the assumptions here? Yeah. So I assume by effect, usually students are talking like negatively affect my admission process. Um, so one of our minimum requirements, which Becky, I think talked about earlier, we require two lab-based science courses or two programming courses. And this is specifically for computer science applicants. Um, so if you've taken programming instead of lab science, that's fine for admission purposes. You'll have to do science at USC eventually if you haven't done any um, for your degree and for your general education classes. But if you've taken at least two programming courses for admission purpose, that will satisfy the requirement similar the way that two lab-based science courses would. And I'll put a link in the chat too about programming courses specifically you can read up yeah. more on that 
and this is specifically for computer science, uh, all the computer science, computer engineering degree applications. We listed on there. It's like you have your option uh, and it's there's no pro or con to either one. Um, and and I, I do want to repeat this again. We're not hiding anything. We're not playing any games. There's nothing secret about admission. Everything we've written on viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash transfer is everything you're supposed to do. Uh, and it's not like, well, if I do this, will that be better? Well, I do, like, just, just do that. And if we, if we say, or we literally mean, or like, it's, it, and I, and I, I, I know that that's, there's a, there's a, there's a real scary process of applying and everyone thinks there's some sort of secret sauce or some sort of secret formula to, to get admitted. And to, to be quite frank, there really isn't, it's just do those things and do well. Um, and that's, that's what we need to see. So that's, what's important to us. Zara, you asked about this required essay question, which is basically, have you been not, if you have not been enrolled full-time, let us know why. And then you said, well, if I haven't been enrolled, what am I supposed to do? Well, the question is if you haven't been enrolled. So if if you've been full-time, you don't need to answer that. Uh, Any other thoughts on this? It's a a required question, or I don't know why it won't oh. coming up. I don't think we'll let students move on unless they put something. Got so it. if this doesn't NA. apply to you, yeah, NA, not applicable. Yeah. If it doesn't apply to you, thank you. Yeah. If it doesn't apply to you, there's another question like this where people get tripped up on like, um, if this happened, I'm like, yeah, so it didn't. So just say NA or it didn't happen. You're good. So yeah, I'm sorry about that. Luca, if I am currently enrolled in two required classes, and will my decision be delayed because of a spring grade request? And how will that affect any of my housing if I want to request current USC students as roommates? Who wants to take this? Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. I guess I can go. Um, So In some cases, we will ask students for spring grades before making a final admission decision. Um, And so for these are some scenarios in which we'll request spring grades. It's not always like we're going to ask if you're in this situation, but for most students, if they're in their first year and this is only your second semester, we may ask for spring grades. If you have calculus two in progress, that's our minimum math. So we want to see the grade. Sometimes the writing requirement is in progress and so our colleagues in the central office want to see that grade before you finish it. Again, these are some scenarios in which we may ask for spring grades. Um, And the second part to that is if we do ask for spring grades, it doesn't mean, it's not an indication that we're more likely to admit you or not. We just want to see your spring grades. And when we receive all of the spring grade requests from students, we're reevaluating students again within that context of that pool. Um, Now, kind of to the second question about housing, we, if I'm remembering correctly, if we ask for your spring grade and ultimately we do decide to admit you, that request or that decision does go out later in most colleges, probably July. And so housing at that point, it, it would be tricky. You can still apply for it. And there's a lottery system for transfer students in general. We don't guarantee housing for transfer students. Sorry, this is a really long-winded answer, but um, 
you most, may most of yeah. Our, yeah most of our transfer students do not live in usc housing mm -hmm. i think that's what i want to be clear regardless of any admission decision most of our transfer students do not live in usc housing you're more than welcome to submit for it but it, it's usually not in the cards that doesn't mean there's not housing and I think that's the thing, Angie, where you might be getting tripped on and where you started like tripping on yeah. your words a little bit. Thank you. Um, is that there's, there's, there's housing that USC owns and then there's way more housing that's in our USC neighborhood that is privately owned. And all of our transfer students go into housing that is privately owned. When I say privately owned, I will tell you, if you drive through the neighborhood around USC, you would not know the difference between an apartment building that's owned by USC versus an apartment building that's owned privately. And some of the bigger ones you've probably seen are actually privately owned businesses that are serving USC students and USC students are living in all that housing. So you will be living with USC students that will be part of the process. Um, yes, it is challenging to get housing um, because it's not something that we offer uh, in our USC housing system because you have to kind of hunt around for it. It's not like one single process, um, but you will find housing. There is housing available. Our transfer students always are stressed during the summer, but it always works out. Because that's the thing I want to be clear on. Angie, I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but is that where you were going with that? Is we were trying to find your way to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and yeah, so that's the point. Like if you're, but to, to circle back to the specific question, that doesn't affect any of your housing concerns necessarily because transfer students are going to have challenges with housing regardless. Amir, seems like we're getting questions from the same people. Everyone's upvoting. You guys are really popular. Everyone loves your questions. So great job. Amir, I have a 3.7 GPA with an 18 unit course load from my first semester. Well, good for you, man. Uh, and I go to a competitive school, hmm, even better. Uh, would people go to a lesser competitive school with a 4.0? Well, how do you know they're lesser competitive? How do you know that? Uh, that's an interesting assumption you make. <laughs> um, more specifically, what's the difference between someone's predicted success rate with a 3.7 versus a 4.0? I don't think there is one. Um, is someone better with a, <laughs> with an A minus average versus an A average? Uh, so, uh, there's a lot of assumptions built into your question, Amir. I, I think I know what you're getting at. Um, but here's the deal. We're trying to understand whether students are doing well in courses. That's not a GPA thing. More specifically, your 3.7 doesn't tell me anything. Cause what if your worst grades are in math and science? You can have a C in calculus and have a 3.7 depending on how many classes you've taken. So that doesn't say anything. Um, what we're trying to understand, and, and this is back to our lack of formula and lack of a pure quantitative like process and system to make admission is that you know we're, we're human beings. And, and, and that's where I can kind of rip this question apart a little bit. And I, I do mean this with, with all sincerity that it's, we're trying to dig in and understand what classes you've taken. Right. So if you have a three point, you have a 4.0 and you haven't taken the classes we've asked you to take, I can guarantee you we will not admit you. If you're doing well in classes, we're looking for your preparatory standards related to engineering, calculus and higher level math classes, lab based sciences, or programming classes, depending on if you're a science major. If you're doing well in those, then you've met what I would refer to as minimum eligibility standards. But minimum, as Becky referred to earlier, minimum eligibility standards, clearing that hurdle does not mean that you are going to be admitted. It means that you're admissible, but now we need to look at our applicant pool and find out who else is admissible. If someone's cleared the hurdle, if they've done well, if we know that they're going to do well on our curriculum, then it's down to that subjective process of trying to figure out 
what everybody's story is, what they have the opportunities to contribute to our community are, what, what types of unique challenges they've had, again, unique accomplishments they've had, and what we can project forward as to what we want to see them do in our campus, what we would like to see them do at our campus. So uh, it's not about the grades. It's not about the GPA. And that's why Becky turned the GPA question earlier into your academics. It's not about a number. And so uh, I know you're all, everyone's trained to be calculating a number, but we're not. And uh, we're, we're trying to get a sense of your preparation. It sounds like you're, if you've taken the classes, if, if I'm assuming you've taken the classes we've asked for, if you aren't, you are well-prepared and you will be a competitive applicant. Um, anything, anybody else want to jump in on this? We cover? No, I mean, I was just going to cool. say, we do not admit 4.0 students all the time. And where there's one year I did not admit a 4.0 student and she was not happy with me, but she hadn't taken math. What am I supposed, I, I can't admit you to engineering if you don't take math. So that 4.0 yeah. meant nothing. Yeah. Jiridar, uh, does USC have a preference towards in-state Cali students? Well, I know you're not from California because he called it Cali. That's number one. <laughs> um, no, no, we don't. We're a private school. We're not a state school. So no, yeah. we have no preference. Where students from. come from everywhere. Um, how important are writing supplements? I'm trying not to talk too much. I can take this. Michael. They're important, but this is actually similar to an earlier question. This is an academic program, very rigorous. We want to make sure that you're academically prepared. No performance on a writing supplement is going to like overshadow not doing well in academics. Um, so it is necessary, but it's not going to replace doing well uh, in your classes. So make sure that you're doing well. And then on top of that, we want to get to know you. Writing supplements are a great, great way to do that. So they are very important for that reason, but on their own, they're not going to be able to admit you. Yeah. There's kind of like two sides of that, that, you know, like they're depending on how the question's asked, like we, that doesn't mean you just ignore them. <laughs> it doesn't mean you just like throw them in at the last minute. They need to be well-written. Uh, we need to get to know you, as Michael said. Um, but yeah, they're not going to supplant low academic performance. Um, again, as we talked about earlier, if, if we're going through the application and, and it's, it's asking, it's causing us to ask more questions or we're confused, it's probably because things aren't written very well um, or it's missing information and we, and we don't want that. Uh, Anikite. Is it valid if I apply for my intended major and alternate major, both in the VSE, in the Viterbi School of Engineering? It's valid. You can do whatever you want. As long as your first choice major is the Viterbi School of Engineering, that's all that really matters. Yeah, I mean, I think we don't typically recommend that because we don't care about second choice major. We do not review for second choice major um, for students. So it's almost a throwaway because we're already considering you in general for admission to the Viterbi School um, so if you want to be considered for another major outside of Viterbi, choose that as your second choice, yeah. but we don't review for second choice major. Yeah. If you want to be considered for the university elsewhere, then go outside of Viterbi. If you don't, you go to leave a blank and you'll be considered for the university as a whole. As a reminder to our audience, uh, please take another look at that Q&A section and upvote the important questions that you want to be risen above others so that we can answer them. And again, I would recommend if it's something similar to something we've already answered, let's not upvote that. Uh, so grab other ones. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes left. 
So we'll get to as many of these as possible, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to get to all 87 of them. So dive down, find the ones you want to be uploaded and push them to the top because that's how we're going to be answering all these. Abdelaziz, I know, I remember you, you've been in a session before. Uh, will taking 12 to 13 units per semester affect my application negatively, given that these are mostly technically heavy units? Um, yes, well, we want to see students full-time. If that's not full-time at your university, but it depends on the definition of full-time at your university. That's, there's, there's too much built into that question. Becky? Well, I was just going to say, a lot of these questions that I'm sort of scanning, um, yeah. upcoming questions, a lot of them seem to be, if I have this one thing, is that going to kick out my application? If I have this one thing, yeah. and I just wanted to, to stress that one thing on your application is not going to make or break it. Maybe an F in calculus, but when what was that six years ago? And then you went back to school and got an A, you know, it, yeah. not one thing is going to make or break your application. So all these very specific questions about these one thing that you have on your application and will that negatively affect you? I think what we're looking at mostly, especially with academics is patterns. So sure, we've admitted students who failed calculus the first time around. And then they took a break from school and they came back and they've had straight A's for four semesters in differential equations. We admitted those students. So just understand one little thing, be, being a 12 or 13 units a semester, isn't going to make or break your application. We'll look back at what courses you took, um, you know, your essays, your letters of recommendation. Is there any um, explanation why you took 12 to 13 units instead of 15 to 16 units? We're going to read everything. Um, and so there's not there's not just these one things that's going to make us go, nope, and throw away your application. We're going to read the whole thing and try and look at patterns and trends and what was context. Context is key. Just remember that when you're writing it. Context is key. What was going on in that semester? I know we talk a lot, um, and this is an example I use all the time recently. Um, you know, you don't want a bunch of W's on your transcript. Well, spring 2020, lots of students had W's on that transcript. They withdrew from all their classes. Well, the context of that semester is COVID happened and all your classes got canceled. Okay, fine. How'd you do the next semester? What did you do, you know, the semester after that? So the context is really important also. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this a few times already, but I'm going to try to take a different approach to it. Um, people use the term holistic file review in admission, I think way too much, but that is the, really the only way to describe it. And that we are reading everything to try to understand. And Becky is dead right. That one thing is never going to increase your chances. And that one thing is never going to decrease your chances. The context is key. What I think is going on in our, in our session today is everyone's trying to do some armchair kind of like uh, uh, handicapping of admission. And like, well, I have a better chance. And I hate to say this y'all, None of you have a better chance. None of you have a better chance and none of you have a worse chance. 20%, keep it in your head. I mean, if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, then we go with, we go with 20%. If you're not doing the things that we've asked you to do, then that's going to be a problem, right? Uh, and as Becky talked about, as transfer students, everybody has a really different story. And some of them are a lot longer in process. I mean, we've admitted students with 2.3 GPAs because of that time. They went to college. They failed out, they dropped out, they had this horrible GPA that was like may maybe even a one. I don't know if they did that. And then went to work or went to the military, came back years later, went to school, knocked it out of the park. But cumulatively, their GPA was a two point something. And that's, that's why that GPA number doesn't matter. It's about specifically what's going on now and consistently what the trends are, as Becky mentioned. Uh, 
we've been in this in a long time. And I want you all to recognize that our job is to admit our job is not to deny. And we take that very seriously. It's very, very hard what we're trying to do. And, and the decisions that we make are highly subjective. They're not defined by a calculation. And I want to make sure you know that we're reading everything. So help us understand that. Okay. Kyaw, what are some advices? What's some advice when writing the essays and what are some of the, the pitfalls? Stacy, your thoughts? Advice on essays. Advice on essays. I always say, of course, answering the question correctly. Yes. That's really probably the most important thing. Answer what is actually being asked of you. Um, proofread, um, of course, too. Um, spelling errors and things, they happen sometimes, but, but do your best actually absolutely to make sure everything is written correctly. So you're answering the question. It looks good. Um, be honest in your answers. Um, don't put what you think we want to hear, put what you actually believe in what is actually your answer. Sometimes people think we're looking for something specific. The more you try to strategize and the more you try to make it uh, like, you're like, okay, if Paul is going to read my application, this is what I want to write. The more you're going to make mistakes and the more it's not going to make any sense. So definitely write it from your point of view. Um, and, and be honest with it. We like to see authenticity um, when we're reading these. So that's sort of what, what we look for in it. So don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't, don't write it to one specific person. If you mm -hmm. met any of the five of us, because the chance there's a really high chance that we're not the one that's going to read your application. <laughs> so. This next question, I think, is similar to one we've already answered, but it asked in a, in a different way that is getting a B at Boston University and getting an A at a community college similar in vain. First off, community colleges are not easier. I think that I don't know where this comes from, um, but uh, there's 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 a, I think there's there's a, there's a lot of assumptions being made in this. And will a college university with notorious grading weigh on our grades? Becky? Well, I, yeah, I think it's kind of funny all the sort of smack talking on <laughs> a lot a lot of smack talking here <laughs> on community colleges so no well yes some schools may have a reputation for being more rigorous or a higher tier school or more difficult or whatnot um honestly when we're looking at your application and we're looking at your transcript and the courses you've taken and we're trying to see if it's the the right course right we we say you should take calculus one and calculus two we're talking about the calculus one and the calculus two that will transfer to usc for our calc one and our calc two not calculus for non-science majors not pre-calc not anything like that like it's this, all the same class regardless of what school you took it at the specific calculus class so if math one at boston college is a, we are registrar's office and our math department has determined it's the same as our calculus one class well, then math seven at Santa Monica City College, that also has been determined to transfer to our calculus one. Those are the same classes in our minds. They've been evaluated by our math department. They've been evaluated by our registrar's office. And it's been determined that this class from Santa Monica and this class from Boston College equals this class at USC. So therefore, those are the same class. They're the same rigor. They're the same topics. They're the, they go in the same in depth in those topics. Um, and so it's not really the school that you're at. It's those specific courses that have been determined are equivalent to the classes we teach at USC that we're looking for. Absolutely. And um, this is the next question. Do, does USC take course difficulty into account? And that's, that's what Becky's point is. We're asking you to take the hard classes. And so we're only admitting people that have taken the classes that we've asked you to take, which are the hard classes. 
That's what's important to us. And again, splitting hairs between an, a, B, a B and an A minus is not a big deal. Again, we're trying to make sure students can do well. A's and B's are doing well. Someone who gets an A versus someone who gets a B plus is not better. They don't have a higher chance of success later on in college that I know you all think that, or you worry, but you either are proud about the one side of that or worried about the other side of that. And neither of you should feel that way. You've both done well and you're going to do well in the next class as well. And that's what we're really, really worried about. Uh, Navjeet, again, same people, same questions. You guys are all upvoting these. I feel like we should give awards out to, to our consistent question askers. Uh, Navjeet says, uh, do our completed GE courses have more importance than completed engineering courses, or is it best to complete more engineering courses that we can apart from the minimum required courses? So back to, I mean, I'll let someone else jump in on this, but we're asking, we're telling you exactly what to take. Take that, which is you're doing both. But uh, Angie? Yeah, I, just to clarify, if you mean engineering courses like oh, thank you, yes, aerospace that. for something or you know like electrical engineering something something, those courses don't transfer to USC mo most of the time. Um, very rarely are students able to get credit for them, so we don't really pay much attention to them. We we actually recommend you do more GE courses than engineering classes. Um, but at the same time, I know I've reviewed applications where students are like an ECE student and they're not doing well in their electrical engineering courses. And so it kind of raises a flag for concern. Like if you're not doing well at your engineering classes at your current school, um, you know, are you going to do well here if you do transfer? So in terms of admission requirements, they're not required. We don't recommend them. They're not going to transfer but if you're not doing well in them, they would be a cause, like they would raise a flag in my head and in any of our heads if we're looking at your transcript. Yeah, once again, the courses that we're asking you to take are traditionally a math class, a science or programming class, a GE and a writing class, right? Typically you take about four classes when you're in a semester system. Maybe you split that up to a three, a three class system when you're in a trimester system. But we wanna see those and we wanna see progress to those. We never say to take engineering classes because they don't transfer, we don't want you to waste your time. We're trying to get you courses that we can review for preparation, but also have you make progress toward your USC degree. Because if you're transferring to USC, we don't want you to take classes at your current institution that won't be an equivalent to your degree requirement. And there's a difference between something that's transferable and something that's a course equivalent. We are focused on course equivalents whenever possible. That's what's most important to us. So that, that's the main deal that I think we should get across. Yeah, and I just wanted to address something at the end. It was apart from me, the required courses. So calculus two is sort of required to be completed or in progress in the spring semester. Um, if you take calc two in the fall, take calc three, keep moving. Don't keep say, going. oh, I did my two, you know, I got my two semesters of science and I got my calc two. I'm just going to like take weightlifting and ceramics. No, take calc three, take the next science, take, you know, other courses that would um, give you that preparation for, for engineering. Or and that are course equivalents towards your degree requirement. Yeah. You keep going, you keep pushing it, you keep prepping yourself and yeah, don't, don't take the foot off the gas. William is asking do students who have a connecting program with USC, such as PCC articulation tend to have a higher chance of getting into BSE. So just to clarify, that's not a connecting program. Uh, to, to be really, really clear, William. That does not mean it's a connecting program. Articulation agreements, we have articulation agreements with every community college in the state of California. 
We also have articulation histories, which are not exactly the same as agreements, but articulation histories with universities around the world. And so what is most important is that you are following articulation agreements or articulation histories to match up with the course equivalencies, as I just mentioned. No one has a higher or lesser chance of admission based on what school they go to. They'll be incredibly clear about that. Um, how common is it for application decisions to be postponed for you to receive spring semester grades? Very common. We do it all the time. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, if you are in one of those required classes that we're asking for in your spring semester, we will likely not be able to offer you an admission decision until we see the spring grades. Uh, we can't make admission decisions off of one semester of work. We need to see a continuation. We need to see trends. We need to see contact. We need to understand that. And that's a lot of the stuff we've, we've already answered. But uh, yeah, it's very common. It, it, but, if you, but if you've met some stuff, we, we do offer admission decisions uh, typically. Can we go through the timeline real quick about what's going to happen next after the deadline? Sure. So February 15th is the deadline. Common application is due on February 15th. Anything else you're submitting, letter uh, transcripts, if you submit a letter of rec, high school transcripts, those can come in after February 15th. They're not due on that day, um, but you want to get them in soon because we can't review your file until it's complete. It's not complete without those things. Um, then if anything's missing, the university will reach out to you and say, hey, we're missing this transcript or we're missing your high school transcript. Please submit it. Um, then you will hear back from the university with either an admission decision, um, a decision to not admit, or a request for spring grades. You will hear from us by May 31st. So maybe the week before, but definitely by May 31st. Then if you have um, a request for spring grades, you want to get those in as soon as they are available. So semester systems, you should have your grades by then. You can just submit them. Um, quarter stu students at uh, quarter institutions, you probably don't get your grades till June 20th. So as soon as you get those, you submit them. Um, and then when we get a lot of the, the spring grades back, we'll reevaluate the pool and we will start sending those um, admission decisions out and they should be out by the first week in July at the latest. Yeah. Andrew is asking about the, made the news a couple of years back about free tuition for families that make under $80,000. Is that applicable to transfer students? Can we talk about how financial aid works? Because I think that made a lot of news, but that really underscore, that underpins a lot of the great work that happens for financial aid. Yeah, I so that specifically, Andrew, that what you're referencing um, only applies for first year applicants. That does not, um, Again, that does not mean that transfers don't get financial aid. USC meets full demonstrated need. So if you have high need, we're going to give you financial aid. And that is determined by our financial aid office. Um, it's, I, I, this is not, so the best way I can put it is if you're currently getting need-based financial aid, you probably will get something from USC. I don't wanna say blanket statement like, yes, you are going to get financial aid because financial aid works very differently at each institution. But again, we meet full demonstrated need um, and we do have financial aid, generous financial aid for transfer students. Yeah. And what demonstrated need means is that if, if, if the estimated cost of attendance at USC is $75,000 a year, I'm rounding up, let's call it $75,000 a year. And that includes tuition, fees, housing, going out on weekends, et cetera. Um, like that's your life for the year. That doesn't mean that you pay that. Uh, by applying through financial aid and to apply to financial aid for, for USC after you submit your admission, uh, your application for admission, it's not now. 
you'll submit the FAFSA like you would at any other institution. And also for USC, we require the CSS profile, which is at collegeboard.com. And you, some of you may have already done this for other institutions you're attending, but we do require both. And for all of our students, our financial aid will put together a package based on what you are determined need. So evaluating income and assets of, of your family. And obviously if, if the income is under $80,000, there's going to be a lot of, of need there. And then it's going to be determined how much your family can contribute to, or you on your own, if you're independent, can contribute to an education. And if that number, let's say 75,000, let's say that number comes out to be $5,000 a year. $10,000 a year, then USC, your determined need is going to be the difference. So if it's 10,000, that will be $65,000. And USC will give you $65,000 in financial aid. And that'll be a combination of uh, a grant, which is free money. And that'll be the overwhelming majority of that number. There'll also be some loans that will be attached to that. And then there will also be some work study uh, programs, which is payment that can account for you essentially to get paid from as you get a job on campus, should you wish to use that. And so it is a very generous financial aid process. And, uh, it, you know, if you have those needs, do that. So a lot of, I think a lot of people get scared away. They think USC is going to be super expensive. Um, but we, we give 100% USC determined need and we are very generous with financial aid. Don't let that scare you away. There's lots of opportunities here. Um, sorry, was there another one? Did I hear something? Did I, maybe I'm hearing voices in my head. Sorry. Um, Brandon asked a question that we already answered. Does course rigor play? Yes. Cause we asked for hard classes. What's the deadline for transcripts to be submitted by Alan? We just answered that. Becky answered that. Um, what's the most important part of a transfer application? Again, software standing doesn't matter. It's just a question of taking the right classes. That's what's important and making sure that your application is well-written. Yes, Becky. Alan's question, what's the deadline for transcripts? So oh. soon, soon, so we can, we yes. can review your file. But if you have an application with no transcripts in it, that first week of July, we're just going to close out your application and yeah. pretend like you don't, you're not interested anymore if it's taking you that long. So there is- We're not pretending, we're assuming you're not because you haven't, you haven't sent them to us. <laughs> So there is a point where we will just default deny the application because you're not submitting your documentation. So. Right. And Becky's timeline earlier, remember, we're asking for the application February 15th. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it later, but it, there's not an immediate turnaround. The decisions will come out at the, did you say end of May? I'm sorry. May. End yeah. of May. That doesn't mean we're doing anything earlier than that. So do not expect to hear from us unless we're missing things from you. So keep in mind, there'll be a portal that you can sign into to check status of documents if you're missing anything. But if we ever ask you for anything like a transcript or anything else, it's on you to get that back to us as quickly as possible. If you don't, or if you just don't get back to us at all, then we're going to close out your file because we're assuming that you, you're just no longer interested at that point. Important part of transcription, we, we just talked about that. Uh, how can we prepare for classes that we'll be taking at, at Viterbi School and where can we see the list of required courses? So we've said this a few times, maybe Linda, you didn't get to that, but the Viterbi admission website that's in the chat, that's where the classes that we're looking at. How do you prepare? You take those classes. If you take those classes, you get the grades, A's and B's, you do well, that's prepared. That's the best thing that you can do. And that's how that's how we do that. Um, I'm gonna let someone else pick the very last question. Stacy, you get to pick the very last question that we're gonna answer because I don't um, want that responsibility. I don't want that responsibility either. Um, but let's see. Um, I mean, can I transfer uh, in for one engineering major and switch to a different one? Yes. Go for it. 
Okay, we'll do that. So yes, we uh, are not impacted on any of our majors. Um, so we definitely want students to apply to where they want to begin. But if you do get to USC, uh, if you're admitted and you start in a program and you say, never mind, this program is not for me, or you discover something maybe that you didn't know about before, uh, yes, you can change engineering majors. You're not locked into your program. We see it as you're admitted into all of our engineering majors, not just one. But Amir, I'm going to read between the lines here because you asked an earlier question about impacted majors. And so I think you have this feeling like you're going to have an easier chance of admission with one major, and then that's how you're going to get into the school. If you do that, it's going to backfire on you. You need to put down the thing that you want to study. Okay. Do not assume it's easier to get admitted to one. And that's, and then you're just going to be like, ha ha, switched it on you. Uh, that's, that's not going to work, man. So the, the you got to go through the areas that you're most interested in put that down. You're not affecting your chances of admission, but in one major or another. Okay. And we can adjust incoming classes based on interest from each applicant pool. We don't have impacted programs. We don't have a set number of seats. We enroll a different amount of students in different majors every single year based on the interest that comes in in the applicant pool. So don't worry about this. As a private institution, we are not limited by other things that public institutions are. Whenever we need more faculty, we hire more faculty. I was just in a meeting yesterday where a department is actually going to see a surge in enrollment at, at the master's level because they're adding some programs and they're on a hiring spree right now. They're hiring a bunch of faculty that because they're added programs, they're going to add in a bunch of students. It's going to be really cool. We're going to do the same thing in the undergraduate programs when we, when we see adjustments that are needed. So with that, is there anything else we should say before we sign off? Deadlines February 15th. The deadline to apply is February 15th. Go to viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash transfer for more specific information on the coursework, the links to articulation histories and agreements, although all those links are also in the chat here. Thank you so much for joining us on a Friday evening. Best of luck with your application. Do your best work, put your best work forward, and we will look forward to reviewing your application very shortly. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>